Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are Brenda and Randy Lee. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to be here. I'm laughing because we've just spent like the last, I don't know, 40 minutes or so yakking away, which is we always do. And I think, oh, God, well, I could have just recorded that, right? And had a show. We could have. Yeah, it's probably better than anything I'll say But, anyway. you know, you don't want to listen to me. We want to hear what Randy and Brenda <laughs> no. say. And and it's going to be about surfing. It oh, is, right? Because I, I, I encountered this really intriguing, for me, challenging talk recently by Sister Mary Grace of the Sisters of Life in New York. Mm-hmm. And, and Sister Mary Grace was a competitive surfer, before becoming a nun. A lot of people don't That's know this. Interesting. But yeah, but competitive surf the competitive sur- surfing circuit is actually a major feeder system for convents. Like you oh, come on. you surf competitively for a few years and then you get called up to the big leagues which is becoming a nun, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. It's like Hawaii 50. Exactly. So <laughs> it, it may be the same thing for priests. I know Father Don Calloway was a big surfer before becoming yes, a priest. Yes, I know. Right? I did hear that. Right? The, Peter skipped the surfing stage and went went straight to walking on water, right? So <laughs> yeah. um but anyway, Sister Mary Grace was like she was in her teens, competitive surfer, and of course she wasn't Sister Mary Grace yet. She was like Jessica Langrell or something. Anyway, mm-hmm. Sister Mary Grace is at this competition, and crazy storm blows in. I don't know if they normally call surfing competitions for inclement weather, but but they didn't call this one. So you got this this crazy wind, surf's huge, rain, little to no visibility. Jessica, Sister Mary Grace, is going crazy because they're not calling the competition. They should be calling it, but they aren't. So, so what's she supposed to do because she can't surf in those conditions, right? They shouldn't be putting her in a position where she has to choose not to compete, but it's not safe to go out and surf in those con- mm-hmm. conditions, right? And, and we forget that, that surfing, we see it's like, it looks fun and exciting, it's adventurous, but we forget that surfing actually is a big-time contact sport, right? You have tons of water trying to crush you, disorient you, flatten you on the bottom. At any moment, your board can become your enemy. There's other competitors who get in your way. Lots of room for injury, right? Yeah, I marvel at them when I'm at the beach, and I think, oh, good for you, but yeah. yikes. Yeah, right? And and so you got Jessica, and she's verbalizing all this, how crazy it is, how unfair it is that the competition just doesn't pull the plug, postpone or something. And her dad's been listening and listening, right? And suddenly he stops her. And her dad says, I know you're afraid, but I know you can do this. Ooh. I need you to trust me, and I need you to go out and I need you to do what you've been preparing yourself to wow. do, right? Mm-hmm. And and crazier just got crazier, right? Because parents don't send their kids out to play in the rain. No, right? it seems like he would say the opposite. Exactly. Honey, just c- call it in. Exactly, right? Parents don't send their kids out to play in the highway, right? Parents keep their kids safe, safe, mm-hmm. right? But what do you do when the person whose home you live in, who raised you, whose life is keeping you safe, says, I need you to trust me? Yeah. Right? What's she supposed to do? So so she takes her board, she goes out, and she surfs, and she does well, right? She, she comes back, she's all exhilarated, excited, victorious. 
not because she got some medal, like that's not why she's victorious, okay. but she's victorious because she transcended herself. Yeah. Right. She triumphed over her fear. She pushed herself to go beyond what she thought she was capable of, and she became her better self. Mm-hmm. Right. A couple of years later, she's hanging out with her dad. They're sharing memories, and her dad says to her, I've never felt more like a father than that day. You trusted me. Wow. Okay. Right? Right? I've never felt more like a father than that day you trusted me. And what does it mean to call God Father? Yeah. Right? Um, Jesus, what does it mean to say, Jesus, I trust in you? Mm -hmm. Right? I think we see the cute poster, the images, Jesus, I trust in you. Right? We speak the prayer, our Father, you know. And completely missed the awesome, overwhelming implications, right? Sister Mary Grace says, you know, you were God's idea first, right? God, omniscient, all-wise, all-knowing, imagined all of creation. God came up with you in his mind and then loved that idea so much that he made that idea real, mm-hmm. right? Mary Grace is like, when was the last time you prayed, Father, enable me to be all you dreamed me to be, mm. right? What I could become, right, inspired to action, right? The the, the imagination of God, what... God, help me to become, right, what you imagined me to be and then, and so loved that you made it real, right? Father, show me what you saw when you first conceived of me. Show me what you saw when you saw me and fell in love with me. Mm. And then help me to get there. That's a great, great yeah. way of looking at it because, you know, when you think about it today— I always think that, um, I mean, fear is paralyzing, mm-hmm. you know, For um, and we put ourselves in a box. I can't, you see, I can't do that. I, And you do, you, you, whereas instead of that, I always say great expectations of what God has planned for us, we have to cross over that barrier and get to that, how God sees us. Yeah, know? because, you know, when we just look at ourselves through our own eyes, mm-hmm. Um, it tends to be a negative focus. Yes. When we look up mm-hmm. and say, Lord, you know mm-hmm. what? You know I'm a sinner. I'm mm-hmm. not hiding anything. Right. I trust in you. Right. We then can see us through his eyes in a, in a better way. Maybe right. not clearly, but just knowing that um, he wants the best for us. Right. He created us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we can disappoint him, but... We can be so much more mm-hmm. through him. Well, I mean, it, I think you both touched on this. So it's a really important thing is that, is that our eyes can obscure. And, and yeah. the thing, Brenda, that you said that, that I think tends to obscure what we see is fear, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Most successful woman who ever lived. Okay. Who's the, that? The Blessed Mother. Oh, right. all right. Right? The most successful woman ever lived, Blessed Mother perfectly lived out Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's will for her life, right? Mm -hmm. 2,000 years after she lived, her images, her statues, 
are in more homes than any other woman who ever lived. As we said earlier, she lived the divine will. Right. Mm -hmm. And and two things, exactly, two things to remember about the Blessed Mother. First, Mary did not have a plan for success. Right? Mary did not have a plan for success. She had an attitude of availability, that, yes. that living out the divine will. Be it done to me according to thy word. Mm. Father, use me as you created me to be used, right? Yeah. Send me out, right, to be who I am in you. Send me out to be who I am in you, right? Mary, and, and second, the second dynamic, Mary trusted in the face of fear. Yeah. Right? The, the whole story starts out with fear not. Right? Mm-hmm. There was fear there. Of course there was. I mean, you think storm surfing is intimidating. Try telling your betrothed and your family you're pregnant with the Son of God. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Here you I mean, go. talk about you invita- <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Nothing good comes after that yeah. conversation, mm-hmm. right? Mary looked into the jars of wine her son had transformed at Mm -hmm. Cana, and she saw his blood at Calvary. Mm. Right? That's that's what's going on. She looks in those jars, and she doesn't see the wine. She goes, wow, right? This this is foreshadowing the blood of Calvary. Mm -hmm. And when she did that, when she saw that, she knew that she had started the clock running to Calvary mm-hmm. by requesting that miracle from her son. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I afraid living in that reality? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right? But God says, daughter, you've got this. I know you can do this, but you need to trust me. Yeah. Right? Phil- Philippians 4.13 I can do all mm-hmm. things through him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. Right? I just I just got to trust in his strength, his vision, his support. I can't let my vision, my sight be obscured by my fear. Yeah. And you know, it's a human response as you said before Brenda. To be afraid, mm-hmm. to be afraid. Obviously, because it's so often in the Bible, especially when an angel appears. Right, fear First not. thing is fear not. Right. Adam, angel, fear not, you know. But it's like, do we really trust him? You know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have to um, go against our will. We often will have to do that mm-hmm. to trust in God that he knows best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it's going to happen like... So much. You, you think you're coming out strong in the morning. You know, we we're talking about doing morning prayer. Yeah, we're great morning people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes downhill from there. And then, you know, you, maybe you're going to a medical appointment. You're, you know, waiting for the results. That mm-hmm. fear kind of. But I think next to the fear, you have to immediately go to God's presence. He's with you. He's with you. And whatever that answer is, he's going to be with you through the response you're going to get. Right. So it's going to help you with your response. Yes. It's, it's interesting you, you'd say that, Brenda, because I think like we get caught up that there's a whole bunch of omnis that God is, right? He's he's, omni, he's omnipotent. He's right. He's omniscient. The ultimate right? omni. He's, that's exactly right. Right. But the one that I think we sometimes forget the importance of 
is that he's omnipresent. Yeah. Right? That that no matter where we are, no matter what's yeah. going on, he is present with us. Right? Mm-hmm. We we have a God who makes sure that we are never without someone who loves us. In other words, he doesn't take a coffee break. Right. He doesn't. He, he loves us through the coffee break. Constantly. You know what? Let's stop here and take a break. Um, maybe a coffee break. <laughs> And we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to The Family Show with Brenda and Randy Lee. show with Brendan Randy Lee and we're talking about trust. We are talking about trust and like good invitation to talk about trust and prayer I guess but you know Jesus prayed a lot during his earthly life although we're not privy to the content of a lot of his prayers but one prayer we are privy to is Jesus's prayer in the garden of Gethsemane right? Mm-hmm. Father if it be thy will take this cup away from me but let it be thy will not my will that be done mm-hmm. right? And for me, one thing that's interesting here is that Jesus prayed, but did not get what he prayed for, mm-hmm. right? At, at least not the first part, the take this cup away from me, because he ends up drinking the cup. He ends he up getting crucified, right, yeah. and, and suffering all this horrible stuff, right? And so when you really think about it, Jesus' prayer in the garden is a very complicated, very edgy prayer, Right. What Jesus is really praying for isn't the first part. The take this cup away from me part. What he's really praying for is the second part. Mm -hmm. Let it be thy will, not my will, that be done. Right? Translates, Father, I trust in you. Mm -hmm. I trust in your love for me, your wisdom, your power, your love for the others implicated in this situation. So I trust that you will resolve this and your resolution will be the best resolution attainable, right? And faith is operating under the assumption God's goodness is coming, right? That's faith. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Right? We We're, believe, we, yeah, we believe that God, you know, it's coming through him, not us. And it's scheduled to arrive. Yeah. Right. We don't know. We don't know the time that the How, train's when, coming in, will, but the yeah. goodness train is coming in, and yeah. we just got to wait for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Fear is the opposite. Fear is operating under the assumption that brokenness beyond the reach of God's goodness is what's coming. Right. To trust in God is to give over to that coming goodness. Right. To just yeah. say, say the goodness train is coming. It's it's not the too big, bad for even God. Mm-hmm. But the goodness train is coming in, and I just need to wait for that train. Yeah, I don't see it. But I, I don't see it, it, but I know the train is, I know the, the arrival time is, is somewhere I out there. I always think of Mary's response through all that passion and crucifixion, and she just, again, she did not say, well, we don't know what she said, but she just followed him closely and 
you could just see that she was just knowing God's will be done. You know what I often think about when I'm especially praying the seven sorrows of Mary Rosary? Mm-hmm. Each one of them, obviously, you can meditate on, but in particular, when she loses Jesus for three days. Right. I mean, right. I know how I felt mm. not finding mm. my kid in oh, yeah. a grocery store for 10 minutes. Do you know what? Oh. I just think, wow. Panic. I mean, what kind of thoughts went through her head? Right. Holy, this is, I have God's son here. What right. am I? I'm entrusted with, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yet, we know that she, despite feeling terrible angst and so mm-hmm. on, she trusted. She trusted. You know, it's it's funny that you guys would bring up Mary because it just it's like this perfect connection, right? Because we associate Mary with the unconditional yes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's what Mary has given each of right. Mary gave God the unconditional yes. Well, you stop and you think about it. Mary was made in the image and likeness of God. God. So yeah. where does she get the unconditional yes? She gets the unconditional yes from God. God has given each of us. An unconditional yes. God, will you love me? God, will you save me? Mm-hmm. And God has responded to each of us, yes. Mm-hmm. Not yes if, not yes but, not yes under the right circumstances, just yes. Yeah. And if we truly trust in that yes, then we don't need to know the how or the when or the why. Mm-hmm. We that's, just that's the control freak in us. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. right. We just we don't need to know any of that. We just need to know that it's his. It's in his hands, and once it's in his hands, once it's in his will, it will be made for good. Right. Mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty eight. God makes all things for good for those who trust in him. He brings good out of everything. He does. Right. Mm-hmm. When we trust in him. Yeah. Right. Notice the prayer of divine mercy is Jesus, I trust in you, mm-hmm. right? Trust in you. It's this great question. Do you trust me in circumstances, in reasons, in explanations, or, you, or do you trust me as a person? God wants to be trusted as a father who loves us and wants us to trust in that love. You know, we have this kind of Western mentality mm-hmm. that, um, I mean, I'm not a cowboy, I'm not a cowgirl, mm-hmm. but, you know, this idea of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, mm-hmm. that as you're, when you're an adult, all of a sudden you don't have to turn to someone that you perceive stronger, wiser. Mm-hmm. You should know how to mm-hmm. do everything. You should know. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're hearing here. Mm-hmm. It's even as adults, not to be irresponsible, mm-hmm. but God is always in control. Mm-hmm. That's, and, and we should let him be in control. Even as adults, mm-hmm. we are his children, right. right? Another sister life, Sister Faustina, who gave us the litany of humility, which is like this beautiful prayer. But anyway, um, she said, Sister Faustina said, wanting God's will is the beginning of trust. And that that second part of Jesus' Gethsemane prayer reflects that. It's almost as if Jesus is saying to us, demonstrating for us, want as I want, and what I want is the will of the Father, right? Mm -hmm. Trust as I trust, right? So if that's what he's saying in the second part of the prayer, what do we have in the first part where Jesus expresses his own will? But Father, take this cup away from me. And I really think in the second part, 
Jesus is saying, want as I want and trust as I want, as trust as I trust. But in that first part, he's saying, pray as I pray, right? But that first part, take this cup away from me, makes for a very courageous, very vulnerable prayer, right? And, and I find myself, by the way, being actually a very safe, very timid prayer, prayer being one who prays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I normally don't ask for things. I just noticed that about myself, that I normally don't ask for things when I pray. And I thought, well, that's just because I'm very malleable or trying to be in God's will. And, and it, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's engaging in safe prayer, and it's safe because if you don't ask, you don't risk discouragement, mm-hmm. right? You don't risk mm-hmm. disappointment. Yeah. The irony in what I call safe prayer, right, is not that you don't ask because you trust. Rather, you don't ask because you don't trust, mm-hmm. right? I don't ask because I don't know how. Um, I don't know how I'm going to get answered, right? And if I don't get the answer that I want, right, then then I'm going to be, you know, I'm not secure in your love, or you know, what, what's going on here, yeah. you know? So, so when you put the two parts of the prayer together, Jesus is not saying. This is what I want, but if you choose to disappoint me, I'll still be your friend. Right? That's not what he's saying. He's saying, Father, I want what you want, but let me be totally open with you right now. Let me show you where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Right? Remember God's omniscient, right? Brent brought that up. He he knows before we pray. So if so, is God omniscient so we won't have to pray, right? Why pray? He already knows. But those that you love, you want to hear from them, right? Well, you know what your kids are going to do, but you want to hear their voices. And... Yes. And not only that, but when is it easier to tell your parents? If they don't know or if they already do. If they already know, it's not that hard to open up to them, Yeah. Right. God is omniscient so we can be open with him and not fear our openness will alter the relationship. Yeah. Right? God, I can tell you this because you already know and you still love me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. To articulate where we're at in prayer, to say where we're at in prayer is to invite God to enter that portion of our life and take ownership of it. Right? God, don't just encounter my circumstances. Mm-hmm. I want you to encounter me. Right? Job and his friends, and this goes to what you were saying, Eleanor. Job and his friends speak a lot of nonsense, right? Chapter after chapter of nonsense. But the interesting thing is when God finally cuts in, he's listened to it all. He yeah. never stopped listening, right. even though it was all nonsense. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like a parent listening to See, their baby. The on, yeah. Right. It's like a parent <laughs> right. listening. Really, I don't need to hear this. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'll come back in 20 chapters. I'll come back in 20 chapters and tell you what's right. Right. Yes. But actually, it's like a parent listening to their baby try and talk. Mm-hmm. Right. God listens to us even when we spout nonsense. Right. Because he loves, as you said, because he loves to hear our voice. Mm-hmm. Right. Last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about Keith Green, huge figure in Christian music in the 70s. And Keith's wife, Melody, is even more incredible of a story. 
So Keith and Melody are writing music together. Melody's running this ministry with 100 people on staff. They're taking people off the streets in huge numbers, feeding them, sheltering them, healing them. They're in the process of building additional facilities because they're just growing and growing. Melody is editing and writing a magazine for the ministry, and she's a mom with a four-year-old, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and she's six-week pregnant. Oh, boy. This is crazy. You can't do this, right? Wow. Right. And then Keith dies in a plane crash within earshot, right? Oh. Right? And and suddenly she loses her husband, her partner, her co-worker, and that plane crash takes the lives of the four-year-old and the two-year-old as well, mm. right? Oh. And Melody is like, Christ. Dad, I can't go out there and serve. Mm-hmm. The storm's too big. The waves are too high. I can't even see. Mm-hmm. She's so distraught. She's even like, God, you took the wrong person. Why didn't you leave Keith? Right. And take me, which is is totally wrong, totally horrifying, but totally human and totally reasonable in that context. And how's God respond? Daughter, you got this. You can do this, but you need to trust me. Mm. And God was right. Right? You look at it today, family's been lifted up, ministry, music, magazine, they've all thrived. Melody says... Today, I have more faith in God's goodness and ability to provide than ever before. Even when terrible things happen, he can turn those things toward our good. But only if we have the patience to wait while we are hurting. Mm. Only if we trust. All right, I'm signing up. (laughs) We're out of time. We are. But we invite you to join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720 for The Family Show. And keep us in your prayers. For Brenda and Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman, and we leave you with the beautiful sound of seasons. Seasons.